sexy month. We're yes. talking more about like kink and fun things in that sense and body positivity and sex positivity. Yes. Um, so in those realms, I do quite a bit. Everything from the pup play scene um, to just standard like kink BDSM things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a, a base if you will for it mm -hmm. um, and I kind of want to get a base on where everybody is at here too yeah. on like the kink side and body positivity side um, yeah. so I can hear from you about like what your experiences have been so far mm -hmm. um, so that I can kind of talk to all yeah. of you about that too mm -hmm. yeah so for me um, I I don't particularly find myself as into the kink culture yet definitely like wanting to like dip my toe a little bit in mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I find sex really fun. Um, body positivity, I've always been about. Um, I mean, I, I talk about how some of the people that I've had sex with in the past have been um, like a lot different. Like, not someone I'm particularly would be sexually attracted to right off the bat, but I've had like the most amazing, like, sexual, like, gratifying experiences with some of these people. Um, and so I, I love that. Um, but pretty vanilla, mostly, um, and like I'm still kind of new, like in my first relationship, so can start exploring that a little bit more in a safer environment. So, kind of getting around towards that. Mm -hmm. That's right, Matt. Um, well, I do cam modeling, so there's that uh, every once in a while. Not as much as I had before, but uh, so pretty familiar with the kink culture. pretty vanilla too. <laughs> Shit's terrifying. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have never experienced it before. I kind of have no interest in it. No. no. It just seems I have a very low pain tolerance. Even my trainer was yesterday was just poking my shoulder and I was like running away because it hurt so bad. Yeah, I was like, ow. So, no. <laughs> Way to go on having a personal yeah, my New Year's resolution. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so That's awesome. So it sounds like there's a pretty good mix across the board, mm -hmm. which is great. Um, and I think that uh, looking at kink, right, there's an idea of uh, sexual fetishes and sexualization and things that actually make you orgasm or want to enjoy sex more. Mm -hmm. And for some people, that can be anything from making out to uh, kissing on the neck to somebody like playing with your nipples or, you know, somebody like playing with toys like with you or something else, right? So there are 
to some people, they would consider kink like any sort of toy play. They'd be like, I can't do toys, that's not my thing, that's a hard stop, there's no way, right? Um, and then to others, they're like, yep, shove anything in me that you want. I want to make sure it's the biggest it can be. I want to make sure that I'm like overcoming those personal boundaries that I have because of the toys that I'm playing with. Um, and then there's the people that like that, like BDSM culture and, mm-hmm. and more of like that pain that you were talking mm-hmm. about, right? Mm-hmm. So there are people that are like that sadist, you know, masochist kind of side where, mm-hmm. um, for example, like uh, my boyfriend right now, he's an absolute like sadist guy. He likes that look of fear on your face, like before oh he like hits <laughs> oh you something, God. right? Whether it's with like a crop or like some sort of tool, um, or whether he's like going after you and like tying down like all of your like genitalia area and like going for that for the, the play side. So there's like that pain side of it too, right? Which for some in, in this group, it looks like just seeing faces a little bit. It's like, oh wow, that's kind of far in. Isn't it? Um, <coughs> But I think that it's also beneficial to be able to have open conversations about it, oh, yeah. to understand like what that means more in a, a sexual and personal relationship, mm-hmm. um, and uh, also what that looks like in the care environment, right? Mm-hmm. So um, in the kink community, there's a lot of care that happens, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of pre-negotiation typically that happens too, especially mm-hmm. if you're going to be doing something similar to a scene. Mm-hmm. So in a scene environment, uh, you're going to be uh, talking to your sub and your dom and anybody else that's involved in the scene about what is going to be happening, um, how long it's going to last for, um, whether or not the sub wants to be in some sort of like sub headspace um, that they can actually just release everything that's inside of their body and like be in that kind of like sub environment, um, and w- whether or not the dom is willing to take them to that position, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that in like the scene play environment, um, it's a lot more important to be able to have that and then to pre negotiate what aftercare looks like as well. Mm-hmm. So. Um, if you've gone through something emotionally stressful, let's say that you've like lost a family member, for example, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of emotion that gets tied into that, and a lot of times scenes are tied to something like an, an emotional awareness topic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, for example, let's say that uh, somebody like had lost a child, like you know, ten years ago or something, and they wanted to be able to like work through that pain mm-hmm. somehow, and they wanted to use a sexual environment to work through that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, they would do a pre-negotiation of that. Um, to say, you know, I want to be able to like be in this headspace where you're, you know, um, like absolutely like, treating me like I'm essentially dirt, and I want you to like completely like press my face into the ground. I want to have like all these things that are involved with it, um, so that I can work through this like emotional pain that I have because of some sort of topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like that's like one side of it mm-hmm. for scene play, but then there's the other side where it's like standard play every day, right? So mm-hmm. um, if you're getting together and you just wanna be able to like have a crop and like have fun with it and like that's what gets you off, it's mm-hmm. the sound of like a crop going off on somebody's ass or whatever, then that's something that's different too. So um, I'd say that for like the care side of things, um, to, to talk a little bit on that for like aftercare, um, for some people it's a bag of chips. <laughs> you know, for other people, it's uh, cuddling and like having a good half-hour session together of like rubbing each other's backs and saying like, okay, you're back in a safe space environment. You know, this is your name. This is who you are. Um, and like, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you water, and we're going to like lay here until you're at a point of like not sobbing and crying anymore, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends on if you're getting to the point of emotionally breaking somebody in a scene like that, or if you're just going to go with it and say. Um, like we're just gonna do something kind of vanilla-ish, mm-hmm. right? With like props or whatever. So 
Um, there's definitely a spectrum inside of kink that you look at. Um, and I think that uh, if you're doing like some cam things, right? So on cam, you're probably doing things like uh, responding to people that are there, um, somehow saying like, these are what my limits are um, when you're with somebody like that. Uh, if it's a group environment where multiple people are watching, like how many people can you take on at the same time? I say this because I also did like cam stuff yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. So. so I'm a handler in the pup community and I have uh, three different pups um, that I'm a handler for. Um, one, yeah. So what's pups and what's a handler? Sure, mm -hmm. so uh, as a pup and a handler, that's a kind of negotiated relationship. Mm -hmm. um, it can be sexual, it doesn't have to be. It allows somebody to be in a subspace environment mm -hmm. where they're typically acting like a dog, right? Okay. Um, so they'll be acting like an animal of some kind. Um, in the pup community, we also have like horses, we have mm -hmm. cats, we have like all, all sorts. Mm -hmm. uh, otters are another one. Um, and as an example, <laughs> yesterday we actually had a, a private mosh, or actually it was a public mosh yesterday for CPAW. Um, CPAW is an organization, it's a community organization, um, it's a nonprofit. Um, and we all get together to be able to like pay dues and things like this, like annual dues for it. Mm -hmm. um, and you have like pup tags, and like I have my tags if you're interested yeah. in seeing what they look like. Um, it's kind of shaped like a dog bone, it's green, and it just has like official member for CPAW and then Aww. your uh, member number. So um, that's a way to be able to kind of tell in the kink community if there's somebody that is uh, a pup or a handler, a lot of times they'll have uh, things like dogs on their shirt that says I'm a pup, mm -hmm. like so that's pretty mm -hmm. obvious. Um, the other side would be if they have like a collar of some kind. Um, so yeah, I have three pups in that environment and to get to your question on kind of the community service aspect and couples and what that looks like inside of those relationships. I have three different pups. Um, one of the pups is actually uh, my boyfriend and he has a sir as well in the leather community. Um, so I don't necessarily consider him my pup, but we do a lot of pup play stuff together. Um, then I also have uh, another pup, his name is Brutus and Brutus also um, has a different relationship, right? So. Uh, he, there's his husband that's mm -hmm. involved with that um, and sometimes uh, relationships with pups are sexual sometimes they aren't mm -hmm. um, sometimes they're open sometimes they're not um, so I try to communicate as much as I can with him and his husband both mm -hmm. um, to be able to have that communication of hey how are you doing inside of your relationship is there anything that I can help with um, are you open right now do you want to have like pup play time um, if so what does that look like um, I do allow Brutus and like Brutus should do more communication with his husband than I do obviously mm -hmm. because that's their own relationship and I'm more on the pup side of it, right? Mm -hmm. So when Brutus wants to get together and, and play with everybody, then we get together and do that. Other times we're just going out to dinner and hanging out, mm -hmm. right? Um, there's another pup that's a, a part of our pack and um, that's a pup Psyche. He's like, he's a radical fairy, um, <laughs> very much woo-woo guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and just so much fun. He's uh, just getting into the scene and learning more about it um, and what that subspace environment means for him and kind of what he wants to get out of that. Um, and inside of the pup community, there are people that will be pups every single day, right? Mm -hmm. They'll be going to work as pups, they'll have hoods on, they'll have collars on, um, things like that. There's others who might not have jobs that allow them to do that, right? So imagine walking into like a lawyer's office or something mm -hmm. and you see somebody there and you're like, oh yeah, so hi, it's great to see you, <laughs> right? You're not gonna imagine them in a pup hood or anything right. like that. And so um, for the pup community, it is very tight knit um, mm -hmm. as is the kink community too, mm -hmm. because sometimes through your job or something else, you might not be able to be out, mm -hmm. right? So there's that kind of emotional side of it too, where you have to work with people and say, 
what are your limits and uh, how do you feel about that um, when you're doing it? And these are also community service organizations. So we do volunteer work throughout, right? We're volunteering for things to be able to do fundraisers for the community. Um, there's also events that happen. Um, there's uh, events that happen like out in the middle of the woods at campgrounds that are really fun. Um, there's Camp Canine, which is done with a CPAW, which is really fun. Um, it's held at TRC, which is the Triangle Recreational Campground. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of like gay people post about this place. So I'm always like, I had to like look it up because I'm like, oh my god, everyone seems to be going here, and this is really cool. So that's yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, so. Um, in, in that sense, so we were talking about kind of the community service and mm -hmm. that like communication side and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of a baseline on that. Do you have questions around that? Obviously, I'm throwing a lot of information <laughs> out all at the same time. And I know I talk a lot, so. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> no, it's okay. I love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I kind of, I guess I know that in the past that we've talked about, um, like when couples, uh, when they can't have sex with each other for one reason or another, you'll step in. And I was mm -hmm. kind of wanting to delve into that a little bit. Sure, so being like a pinch hitter of sorts, right? So, I have um, no idea what that is, right. so yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, so a pinch hitter, somebody that comes in and like takes a bat for you, like in a baseball oh. reference. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, sports balls, I know, oh, sports damn balls. It. That's why I understand <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so for example, um, I just went on a gay cruise last two weeks ago for Atlantis, right? And it's like an all gay cruise. Um, and there's like a kink night that uh, you get together that's in the evening. And we had run into this guy and his husband, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And so his husband comes up to me, like I'm tall. His husband's maybe like four, four inches taller than I am, right? Mm -hmm. I'm six foot six. So this guy wow. is like massive, he's like <laughs> way bigger than I am. And so like his husband comes up to me and he's like, you know what? I think my husband has the biggest dick on the boat. And I was like, really? Well, let's go find out, right? <laughs> um, and uh, in talking to them, and I'll like skip forward a little bit, um, his husband is really big, like really big, and uh, it, like in his pants side, right? Like he's got a huge, huge dick. And so his husband says like, this is something where he likes to top a lot, but I can't really take it all the time, mm -hmm. right? It's too big for me to take all the time. I need to have a pinch hitter that comes in and like does this, right? And so that's where, like, I, if, if it fits, I sit, right? <laughs> so literally, like, I'm that guy that comes in, and I'm like, no, don't worry, I'll take care of that for you. Oh, right? okay. Um, and there's a few of my friends that, like, kind of do the same thing, too, right? So if you have somebody that's, like, really massively well-endowed or whatever, and it's your husband, you know that you can't, like, have sex with them all the time, but they want to have more of it, mm -hmm. then you bring, like, a third in or a fourth in to be able to help. So <coughs> that's kind of the idea behind, like, pinch hitting and like yeah. helping out on that side. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and so in, in your, when you step into these relationships, do you notice um, that it, it will be like a, a topic for a couple that's like really hard for them to experience or like how, I guess, how often do you do this, I guess? Um, and like, what is their, um, like, I guess, how, how, how do you see them as a couple um, reacting towards this problem? So I would say for me, probably two to three times a month mm -hmm. that I like jump into that role. Um, and for their communication, they've mm -hmm. already gotten to the point where they're communicating about it. Right. And they recognize that it's something that they want sexually in their relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it kind of makes it easier, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like I'm walking up to a guy and being like, hey, you got a big dick, I'm gonna sit on it. Like, right. Yeah. right? They already had that internal communication themselves as a mm -hmm. couple. Mm -hmm. So as that couple, they're understanding that um, 
they're going to be together, they're not going to be separating, like yeah. the sexual relationship and being open isn't going to affect them right. um, in their own emotional mm -hmm. or like, you know, physical space or anything. Um, and a lot of times, like both of them are there playing together. It's mm -hmm. not like I'm gonna go like jump on somebody when their husband isn't there if they haven't pre-agreed to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but then there are other times where they've said like, no, I don't wanna be there. So I'm gonna go like to the grocery store or whatever and then I'll come back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pick up some bread some... and I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go do some errands. Yeah. No, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and so is it, um, do you only do this with this one couple or is there like multiple people that you do this with? Yeah. This there are multiple couples that, okay. I, that I do that for you. Okay, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that's really cool because that's like such, because I think it's a really important thing when people, like it shows how, how sex is only one part of a relationship and there's like so many other aspects and you can make up for deficiencies in other ways and like opening up a relationship. Um, mm -hmm like to, to other people and to other sexual experiences I think is really like I, I find that really cool and really great um, and sex positive <laughs> you might say yeah and I would say definitely it's uh, for for them I wouldn't consider it necessarily to be a deficiency I would say it's an opportunity for them to be able to explore their sexuality more and enjoy it more exactly um, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's very like like that same side of like positivity right right no yeah no that's a great that's a great way of saying that it's yeah, it's, it's a great way to experience um, a, a deeper sense of sexuality, I guess, mm -hmm. maybe. Yeah. Because you have people who consistently come back to you because they, like, come to you, and those are your people who are, like, two to three times a month, or is it, like, new people all the time? Yeah, it's typically consistent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's really cool. And so I, what other um, kind of community sex positivity things do you do and are you involved with? Um, so I'm a member for SML, so Seattle Men in Leather, okay. um, another community organization. Um, they have a little bit different rules on things, so um, I do more like attending like the leather socials and things like that um, okay. to be able to bring the pups in and introduce them to like some of the servers or some of the daddies that are there mm -hmm. um, and to allow them to be able to have like a, like a daddy-boy relationship, that kind of thing. So. Um, on the SML side, I don't conform as much to their like rules and regulations, um, and so yeah, it's not like I have you know a leather protocol that I go yeah. through with anybody. Mm -hmm. Like I don't make my pups like stand behind me on my right hand side. You know I don't make them like on their hands and knees when I enter the room. I don't make them stand like I none of that. So I don't necessarily have a protocol on that side for the SML, but I'm also a part of SML as well. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and um, you do some kind of educational stuff, right? Along with mm -hmm. all of this, in terms of um, teaching people about their sexualities and like about kink and BDSM, right? Like I, I feel yes. like you're talking about yeah. That. So um, I do things, uh, for example, like fisting tutorials, mm -hmm. right? So. Um, I'll have people together. <laughs> You're like, wow, we just totally <laughs> jumped there, didn't we? We did. Um, <laughs> Choice of words, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> right in there, just yeah, rose cloud right into that one. Um, so yeah, I do fits and tutorials uh, as an example. Um, typically in a smaller group environment, I think the largest group environment we've had is around 30 people or so. Mm -hmm. um, and talking about that kind of pre negotiation, being a safe space environment, um, making sure that the sub is comfortable and everybody in the room is comfortable as well, in that like safe space, body space um, uh, kind of idea. Um, I usually work through with some sort of like introduction, uh, having everybody go around the room like we did here, saying like what your relationship is to kink, 
um, what that looks like on the like Vista side specifically when it comes down to the tutorials, um, what experiences people have had um, with Visting, um, mm -hmm. whether they have been like a sub or a dom in that relationship, um, whether they prefer it like uh, position-wise, uh, whether it's on a bed or in a sling or, or something similar, uh, preferences on lube, whether it's J-lube or water-based or whether it's like a silicone-based lube, um, whether like uh, gloves, no gloves, and what that looks like on the safety side. Mm -hmm. um, and then once you get through that kind of pre-negotiation, um, then you decide like who's going to be the sub and, and, and that kind of thing, which I usually know going into it, who's going to be like the, the model for it and all that. Um, and then, yeah, we just go into kind of the uh, specifics on how it's done and like showing how everything's done and done safely. Mm -hmm. um, what to watch for, uh, if there's like spotting, uh, like red spotting or anything like that, mm -hmm. showing that there's like some sort of like uh, blood or something else that, that could be in there um, and what that looks like. Um, I also talk about the pre-setup and uh, things like anal douching and making sure that you're clean um, and clean appropriately. Um, and if at any point you get to the, the point of like not being clean, that you're told about it, um, if you're not comfortable with something like that, like scat play or something. Um, so all of those things are like pre-negotiations on the like visting side when you're talking about that and doing the tutorial side. Um, and then all, obviously like what that aftercare looks like for that sub, right? So mm -hmm. if that sub is deciding like, I'm gonna go, you know, knuckle deep or I'm gonna go like all the way up to the elbow, like what does that mean and what does that look like um, for that sub? A lot of times it involves like larger and larger toy plates. <laughs> well, giggles from the crowd. <laughs> I think I think it was the fist deep, the elbow deep there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but that's. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah. So it's great to be able to have that kind of like pre-communication, and then a lot of times there are going to be other subs that want to be able to try. Um, my hands are pretty large, yeah. so I usually have other people that are there that have different size hands as well to be able to start out with uh, people <laughs> if they just want to start. Um, the majority of the people that I work with are fairly fairly aware and have been using like larger and larger size toys and really want to overcome some sort of like um, like personal goal, mm -hmm. right? So I want to be able to take this really big toy or mm -hmm. You know, I want to be able to take you up to a certain level, like on your wrist or like all the way up to your elbow kind of thing. Um, but there's definitely like a relaxation factor to it too. Like imagine going into a massage mm -hmm. and if you're having a massage or something, you're going to have that uh, sense of euphoria and like real like relaxation mm -hmm. and like deep breathing techniques and, and comfort on that side. Um, and that's where kind of fisting comes in too, because like, I don't I not a woman, obviously, um, <laughs> but from women that I've talked to, having like something inserted into you feels good, right? Um, sometimes it doesn't, mm -hmm. so it just depends on like the day and like how you're feeling. But for the most part, it's that um, like guys have that same kind of feeling where you have like sense of euphoria mm -hmm. uh, when that's happening. And so if you're overcoming something personal, um, like a personal goal that you've set to be able to do something more, there's that added thing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that extra mile on the treadmill, and when I do it, I'm going to feel like so much better about myself afterwards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of that same thing in like fisting and, and that, that mm -hmm. idea too. So a lot of people like to be able to overcome personal goals mm -hmm. while still having that sexual environment and that like feeling of euphoria. And so do you do this education through um, a formal like Know, like nonprofit training or like community service aspect or is it just something that like you kind of throw together and like do 
Yeah, just kind of throw it together. Okay. So um, a lot of times people come up to me like knowing that I have that. Um, I'll present as like a, a fisting dom somewhere, mm-hmm. and that's usually through like the colors, you know, like yeah. red or whatever. Um, but kind of what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> nasty pig red. Just mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> is that really a nasty pig red shirt? It's true. Oh my god. Yeah, it's right there. You can yeah. see it on the back. Oh, nasty yeah, pig is. right there. It's got oh a big old god. pig on the back of the shirt. <laughs> um, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's totally uh, informal and just kind of like once people know that that's what I'm into, yeah. then a lot of times I actually like look up people for that. But I would say that two of the like, most common like kink things are like fisting yeah. and then pub play. Yeah. So um, there are two ways to be able to get into the kink community and get more into like being tied up and like having like a harness that's made out of rope and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I know in the past um, a lot of people or I guess not a lot of people. I, I'm familiar with this, the Center for Psychosmic Culture, or as I learned last night, people also call it the wet spot. <laughs> oh, wow. CSPC. Yeah, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. and um, to what extent are you familiar with them or know their role in all of this kind of community? Right, so I'm glad that you brought that up. They're actually in the process of building a new center right now that's in Ballard. Um, And you can actually go to their website now and actually sign up to volunteer to be able to help with construction um, or to be able to to help with that. They actually have Google Docs that are created for that and an email distribution list that's created as well. Um, I'm not sure when this is going to be published, but yeah, they always have the, the opportunity to be able to do that. Whether you know how to push a broom or like you know how to do carpentry or whatever, they're looking for that right now for oh, their okay. new space. So if anybody's interested, like look for the Center for Sex Positive Culture. Um, they are building a new place in Ballard, and um, I'm really excited to see what the new space is going to look like. They do ask that nobody come by like during the day because it is a construction site, but only to come if um, you've been uh, invited to volunteer based on your specific skills. Um, that they're looking for for either that day or that weekend or whatever. Um, But yeah, so they're uh, the wet spot as it used to be called. Um, They used to have an old location and it just closed down last year. Um, And it's a a place where anybody can get together in a sex positive environment. Um, They had specific nights that were also put together um, for things like uh, Rain City Jacks, which is a a male jack-off club. Um, And uh, Rain City Jacks is still going on now. Um, and they'll be moving into the new space hopefully as well. Um, they just had uh, an event this past week and they'll probably have more um, coming up too, but Rain City Jacks is another community organization um, for men who like to jack off with other men. There's no penetration or anything like that allowed, um, but they do uh, have some really fun parties that are put together for <laughs> that, if that's what you're into. Um, and you don't have to be gay either. Yeah. You can be straight, um, you can identify anywhere across the, the spectrum, um, but you do have to be male, you do have to have peanuts, and um, you have to be a part of the club. Right. But that's Rain City Jack. So they, they do a lot for a set, Center for Sex Positive Culture, and we'll probably be back in their new space once it's built as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would say it's a great place to be able to get together, mm-hmm. and I'm excited for their new space and what they're able to bring to it. Um, they are still holding some classes that mm-hmm. are outside of the Center for Sex Positive Culture right now, mm-hmm. and those events are listed on their website, mm-hmm. um, so you can take a look there and see if there's any community events that you wanted to attend or any information sessions that you wanted to attend there, too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's great. And so, um, kind of going back to this community aspect of it, um, I guess... Like, what's, what's the thing that keeps you driving forward um, and keep showing up to all of these different things and kind of through all of this? Because, like, you've, like, been around the block. Like, you've been doing this for quite some time, to my understanding, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, 
what have you taken from all this? Like, what have you kind of like learned about your community and what about yourself and about others um, throughout this whole process? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a community environment. So there's a lot of um, individuals and in different groups and group dynamics, you know, ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, like everything that's, that are involved in that for like CPAW and SNL and, and just across the board. For, for me, I enjoy it because there's that um, sense of uh, taking care of other people and I really enjoy that aspect of making sure that other people are being looked after that their best interests are being looked after and that um, they're in a safe space mm -hmm. as much as possible. And I think that, that is the driving force for me, um, knowing that they can be themselves and have fun and um, just enjoy like their kink side and, and, and that. Um, I obviously enjoy the sexual side of it <laughs> a lot. Um, and yeah, but for me it's primarily taking care of somebody else and um, knowing that they're really, really enjoying themselves um, in a safe space environment. I think that's my primary thing that keeps me going. Mm -hmm. um, there are some environments that are not, uh, I, I wouldn't consider to be a safe space. Mm -hmm. And so um, I work really hard to be able to host things appropriately um, and to make sure that everybody's on the same page for, for what that looks like for safe and sane play. Um, consent is, uh, is, uh, is awesome. So I think everybody, you know, if you're in a consenting, like, safe space environment, that's yeah the thing that keeps a smile on my face and keeps me going in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love, you know, I love the same thing. Um, I, I, I mean, obviously, as, as a social worker, right, I, like, I take care of people, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I, like, I, I love the same thing. Like, even last night, I was um, just talking with, um, like, foster parents about helping them get resources to help, like, better parent their children and mm -hmm. all these kinds of things. And, um, and I, I gained so much energy from being that like community resource advocate, and um, so like I, so I, just, I, the exact same thing like is totally for me and what I love doing, just in a like different setting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 so cool. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> just been listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm like there's a lot going on. Do you, do you have any questions or things you want clarified? I think there are a lot, because we did talk about a lot, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about everything from safe space environments mm -hmm. to uh, kink and what that means. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like Elbow Deep was a good one, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but <laughs> what kind of questions do you have? Because I'm, I'm sure that there's probably some where you're like, I'm not sure, quite sure how to ask this or what to ask, but... I, mean, I kind of have a thing that I haven't found an outlet for yet. So on the, the daddy side of things, I would say uh, become a part of a community, like come in and see how that works and um, what you're able to, to see inside of there. Um, and you brought up two different sides of the daddy aspect, which are great to be able to point out, right? Um, one could be financial, right? So you're like financial daddy taking care of others, the other is the emotional side. So you're you know, emotionally taking care of people um, and making sure that they're, they're well taken care of. 
Um, and sometimes they go hand in hand and sometimes they're separate too. Um, but yeah, inside of the pub community, inside of like SML, there's always that opportunity for you know, like the daddyism idea. Yeah. Um, and sometimes if it's sexual or, or non-sexual, uh, that can be something that you can look at personally too and say, mm -hmm. for me, um, I may not want it to be sexual right now, but I may want it to be sexual later because I'm not sure how my dynamic fits in with gay men. I'm not sure how my dynamic fits in with women. I'm not sure how my dynam dynamic fits in with, you know, women who identify as lesbians versus like, you know, a bisexual man who identifies more on the, the gay spectrum. So um, on that sexuality side, it's always important to look at that um, individually too and see if that's something that makes sense for you. Um, but yeah, definitely on the, the caretaking side, there are a lot of people that like to be taken care of. So there's a lot of one of those. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm here. Yeah, no, I think that's a really important aspect of like um, sexualities. And um, I, I think one of the most important aspects of sexuality is like being elastic and being dynamic. And, um, and to me, those are aspects of being authentic and authenticity, aspects of authenticity. Um, and just being like, right here, right now, this is what I'm okay with. I don't know what that means, but I know that right now I'm enjoying this. Mm -hmm. And I'll be in a different environment and it'll probably be different and I'll see if I like it or not. Like that kind of openness and like willing to try, um, I think is um, I, I, something that I value a lot. Um, and not being closed off to things, um, but being open to things and knowing your limits. Mm -hmm. That kind of, I guess, emotional maturity I mm -hmm. find is really, people that can do that really well are the people that I look up to. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which, yeah, it's, um, I, I like to try to model that as much as I can. What other questions are there? How, how big are the online communities versus the, the ones that are talking about Puget Sound area, of course, and sort of local podcasts, that, uh, like, in, in comparison to local in-person communities, how, how are the online So um, I don't do a lot with online communities. I do pretty much everything in person. I don't even use apps anymore like Scruff or Grinder or Jacked or anything like that. So um, everything that I do is typically in person because for me it's more about the um, <coughs> physical connection with somebody and the emotional connection with somebody than it is um, creating something like a cyber community. Um, through CPAW we do have uh, Northwest Kinky Pup forums. Um, and we also have like just kinky forums in general that are put together on like Telegram and, and apps like that. Um, they are closed off groups that are meant for the, the membership. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we also communicate through things like, you know, Facebook and Twitter and through websites um, uh, to be able to give information about upcoming events. Um, but yeah, the, the primary things that I do are actually in person um, versus the the online web and the in-person sizes. So SML is a little bit over 300 people. CPAW is a little bit over 300 people. Mm -hmm. um, so those are those are two organizations that are probably the strongest in the the Pacific Northwest here. Um, there's also chapters that are in like Vancouver, BC, and mm -hmm. Portland, Oregon. Mm -hmm. um, and there's some like cross community. And in the month of March, CPAW is actually doing an entire month of travel. So starting in Vancouver, BC, coming down to Seattle, going down to Portland, and then ending in Seattle again. Mm -hmm. um, so that the pups can actually travel for the entire month of March. Oh. Um, and each of the organizations have worked to uh, bolster uh, their events for those weekends. 
um, to be able to encourage more people to to come up and stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they even put together like hotel room blocks if people wanted to, mm-hmm. to stay at hotels and things like that or, or offer up their places like a place to crash on the floor, for example. Yeah. So um, yeah, on the community side, it's more about, for me, the in-person, mm-hmm. uh, but there are online options as well for each of the community organizations to develop that for some people that are on the outskirts. Um, so if you're not living in Seattle proper or Tacoma proper, um, but maybe you're in like Buckley or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can just search on Facebook for CPAW, and then um, there's also a website for CPAW as well, um, and it should just be uh, CPAW.org. Cool. And C is in the letter C, or? Uh, S-E-A, P-A-H, and then I'm actually pulling it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> we should like probably link it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, CPAW.com. S-E-A-P-A-H.com. I'll link in the oh, description. Okay. Yeah, so there's CPAW, there's VanPAW, and there's PDXPAW. Vancouver and Portland. Oh, C is in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm internalizing. (laughs) Maybe I do have one question. I know something that I kind of came through Tumblr is race play. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about that or yeah. explaining it? Um, there's the race and culture, mm-hmm. uh, cultural identity play. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had a guest speaker that came in and spoke with um, SML. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she um, is Jewish and uh, her uh, husband uh, is a Nazi. And for the longest time, they were going back and forth on that culture play idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one where, in, even inside of their relationship, it was really hard for them to even think about exploring something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is also the um, idea of race play, um, whether it's like a Asian subculture, whether it's like African American subculture, um, and kind of feeling that out. Um, it's not something that I have gotten into, mm-hmm. um, but there are resources that you can look to for things like that too. People look for situations that they can look for, that they can sexualize, that are power and control dynamics. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, that's a really easy one to kind of go towards, um, in which uh, people do like like this kind of slave um, role, like that is a thing. And adding a race layer on that is that. I just think that's a it's interesting (laughs) and it's like this line of which when I'm just curious into the relationship of of that kind of thing and making sure that it's not coming into an everyday conversation or Mm -hmm. even interacting with you know so one of the things I wanted to separate there too so we talked about that power control that you just brought up right Mm -hmm. there's power there's control and then there's degradation Mm -hmm. right and so there's power and control which is going to happen in any sort of sexual relationship but then a lot of times getting into race play, there's a degradation mm-hmm. portion um, where you have to be willing to take that extra step mm-hmm. um, to be able to break a cultural boundary of some mm-hmm. kind, um, whether it's the Nazi example, whether it's the slave example, but you're breaking that cultural boundary. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, there's a, there's a degradation that typically happens in that. Um, for example, uh, I would say one, one example of degradation versus sexual play would be um, like making out with somebody versus spitting on their face, mm-hmm. right? 
you're going to be making out with them, which is a sexual environment, but while penetrating, but you could still be penetrating them and then spit in their face. That's a degradation mm -hmm. effect um, versus a power and control, right? Mm -hmm. You're not being held, like you're being held down or whatever, but then there's that added step of degradation, mm -hmm. which is part of the reason why I personally haven't gotten into control play mm -hmm. because I'm much more of a caretaker mm -hmm. than I am a person that wants to have that power control through degradation. Mm -hmm. So. I would say that's one of the primary reasons that I haven't gotten into anything like race, race or culture play. Mm -hmm. um, but there are a lot of people that do want to go through that to be able to um, kind of feel it themselves and mm -hmm. have that like hard stop of, I'm not sure that's something that I would do mm -hmm. or like, uh, or overcoming something mm -hmm. because of it, so. Yeah, and I also know a lot of like, uh, I don't know, bondage, I guess bondage community. Um, there's like a, there's a specific Asian culture that I know, or I, maybe I don't know, but I'm, I'm told at least, um, is very specific in terms of how they do it and the culture around it. And um, I, I remember um, someone from the Center for Sex Positive Culture came down to my university and spoke and said that there was, um, that there, there is a culture in, or in and around Seattle around a specific kind that's really important to people and then there's like a separate kind and one is very specific to like the Asian community um, or like founded in the Asian community mm. and representing that is really important to them. And then another one is just like, not that. And not that. <laughs> well, like, I don't really know, you, you know what I mean? It's just like, it's not specific to the way the Asian mm -hmm. culture does it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I also know that there's that kind of culture thing that I've heard about at least. I think it's worth looking into. It's something, yeah. again, I, it, I haven't really gotten into it. Um, it's something where I've heard guest speakers talk about their personal experiences from it, but I don't have personal experiences myself in yeah. culture or race. Yeah, there's just like such complexity and um, grayness. Mm -hmm. and I found that so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love it. And it's not boring, you know? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. It's a fun hobby. Yeah. It's a fun hobby. Yeah. It's like knitting, but you know. Yeah. You're just knitting a hood versus <laughs> something else. Oh my god. Exactly. Well, um, I think I'm satisfied. You think you're satisfied? From my side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. I'm like looking forward to seeing how things turn out and seeing what people's responses are and everything yeah. too. So yeah, feel free to hit me up with any questions on Twitter or send me messages or whatever, token gay guy. Yeah. <laughs> token, gay, token gay guy. Token gay guy. Right, so once again, I'm Lucien. Elissa. And I'm Jarrell. And I'm Chris Brown, the original. <laughs> See you next time on Lucien and Dale. Thank you so much for listening.